entering Jerusalem. And scripture doesn't tell us exactly which gate he enters. Um, there's some speculation here, and that's all we can do is speculate where exactly did he enter. And there's two possibilities. I've given you a couple of maps on your, on your table uh, for you to, uh, to take, and they're, they're yours to keep. But on the, on the map, you'll notice on the far east side, you'll see the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus is, is making his descent down the Mount of Olives, and then he's going to uh, go up into Jerusalem go up into uh, to the temple. And if you look closely, there's two gates that are in close proximity to the Mount of Olives. As you work around uh, the walls of Jerusalem, there's various gates that you can come into, but there's two that's in really close proximity to the temple. The closest is what's called the Golden Gate. Sometimes it's called the Eastern Gate. Sometimes it's called the Beautiful Gate. Uh, just depends on uh, sometimes even, even Luke in the book of Acts is going to call it the beautiful gate. Now, this is not the exact. Today, the gate that's there now is sealed up. Um, they want to prevent the Messiah from entering in. But it's not the exact same gate that Jesus entered because Jerusalem uh, was destroyed in 70 A.D. So that, all of that was destroyed. Then it was rebuilt later. And then when that eastern gate was rebuilt, centuries later they they sealed it up they want to make sure that the messiah does not come in why is that because the eastern gate the golden gate the beautiful gate is usually associated with what the king coming in the coronation the arrival of the king the messiah fulfilling that prophecy of him arriving into jerusalem but if you'll notice just north of that there's another gate and that gate is called the sheep gate the sheep gate it's exactly what you would think it is. It's right next to the pool of Bethesda. This is, you'll see there's a sheep market. You'll see there's the fortress of Antonia. All right here in this little area. What's going on here? As people are coming in for Passover, they're bringing in their sacrifices. If it's a poor family, maybe they're coming in with some doves. If they have sheep, they're going to be coming in with their sheep to present their sheep as their sacrifice for their family. Guess where you go if you're going to bring your sheep? You go to the sheep gate. That's where you show up. You show up at the sheep gate, and all in that sheep market area, that's where you're going to take your sheep, and you're going to present it so that it can be examined for the purpose of, is this sheep flawless? Does it meet the standards that are required of the scriptures to go in and be a sacrifice on behalf of you and your family. And then if it is, then you, know, then you have your sacrifice and you have your lamb. It's, it's my personal belief Jesus didn't go in the Golden Gate. Could have, but I'm looking at this and I'm going, I think that's for another day. I think Jesus went in the Sheep Gate. I think Jesus went around and he comes up on the same side that all the sheep are being presented, and that's where he made his entrance into the temple. I can't say it with certainty because the scriptures don't say it with certainty. But I can say this, it certainly fits with what Jesus is about to do. Because Jesus is going to present himself as the Lamb of God. So the sheep gate is the side where the sheep are being inspected, and this is the side of the sheep market. Let's pick back up. As Jesus enters in. Pick back up verse 41. 
Now, as Jesus drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now, Jesus, if you can imagine, Jesus is, is, has a bird's eye view. Here he is, and you know, he's, he's coming down uh, the, the Mount of Olives, and he sees the city out in front of him. I don't know if you've ever been to, you know, you know going into Charlotte, you, you don't have that, that ah moment of seeing the city skyline. You know, you know it's kind of it's there, and there's no distant view that you really have for coming from the north side. There are some cities that have that. Cincinnati is one of those. If you've ever been to Cincinnati, you're coming up I-65, and you come in from the south side, and you're headed north, there's a moment where you're up high on a, on a hill, and then you see the city of Cincinnati, and it's just, oh, it's just amazing. And you want to sing WKRP in Cincinnati song while you see it. You know, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing sight. And that's kind of the view. Jesus has this view of Jerusalem. And as he looks at it, he starts to weep. He starts to think about uh, the fact that in just a few decades, by the year 70 A.D., it's all going to be leveled. He already knows that. He's, he knows that that's coming. And history tells us, 70 A.D., that exactly what Jesus knew was going to happen, happened. Jerusalem was no longer. Jerusalem was destroyed. Verse 45, then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything. For all the people were very attentive to hear him. Now let's pause there. This is actually the second time that Jesus turned over tables at the temple. He's done it twice now. The first time that he did this was at the beginning of his ministry, and he's doing it now again. And the question is, what made him so upset? I mean, what was he seeing that made him so upset that he would flip the tables over? I would say this. It wasn't a, a really that they were selling as much as it was what they were selling and how they were selling it. That's, that is really the, the key issue. I, I mean, after all, if these weren't hot dog vendors. Uh, of course, if it were hot dog vendors, then the religious leaders would surely be upset. Hot dogs, that's not kosher. You know, this is terrible. Uh, that would have really infuriated them. Hot dog vendors can't happen. Uh, what, what was it that really upset Jesus? Ultimately, they were selling sacrifices. So if you consider this, they were saying sacrifice can be bought. A sacrifice can be bought. It can be purchased. You need a sacrifice, we've got them here for you. It, it, was, it was trampling upon the very thing that Jesus was coming to fulfill. Jesus was going to be the ultimate sacrifice, 
And they were making a mockery of it by saying, ah, you can buy it. You can just buy one. You didn't bring anything, no problem. We got you covered. But it wasn't just what they were selling. It's how they were doing it. I want you to consider this. The Jewish law required them to pay a temple tax of a half shekel while they were in town for Passover. So they're coming into Passover, and they, they have got to bring their, their doves. They've got to bring their sheep, whichever they, ha- they can afford as a sacrifice. And then while they're there, the scriptures are very clear that they have to pay the temple tax of a half a shekel. However, the people in charge decided, hey, we're not going to accept coins with images of pagan emperors. We can't, we can't accept this Roman money as your, as your temple tax. That's, that would be wrong. So here's what we're going to do. They are going to allow you to have an a exchange of currency, right? You come in, you've got your Roman coins, we'll give you your half a shekel that you can use. Now, keep in mind, where can you spend a half a shekel? Jerusalem. It's like, it's like they, ha- they have their own money, they have their own currency. It's like, it's like Monopoly money. Where can you spend Monopoly money? When you're playing the game Monopoly, that's it. That's, that's the only place you can spend it. Where can you spend a shekel? In Jerusalem. Because that's the only place that is going to take the shekel. And they're going to tell you, you show up, and all you've got is a pocket full of what? Coins with Caesar's image on it. And what are you going to do? You say, here's my temple tax. They say, no, 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 no. We're going to sell you a shekel. You have to pay us in a shekel, uh, half a shekel. So what do they do? They overcharge him for the half a shekel, give him the half a shekel, so they end up pocketing the Roman coins, and then what do they have to do with that shekel? They turn around and then have to give the shekel to them as well for the temple tax. So that's a pretty good deal for the religious leaders, right? They're getting the Roman coins and they're getting the shekels that they just sold you. It's coming right back to you. That's a pretty sweet deal. All right, but let's consider this. You paid your temple tax. Now you go to present your sacrifice. If you didn't bring one, then guess what? You're in luck. We've got some right over here for you. We've got, we've got doves. We've got sheep. You just tell us what you want. We can, provide the, the, we can provide the animal sacrifice for you. You didn't have to bring anything. Oh, we only sell them for shekels. So make sure that you exchange first, and we'll, we'll exchange, and then what do you have to do? You have to use your Roman money, exchange it. Give the, they give you the shekels. They've got your Roman money now, and now you've got enough shekels to do what? to buy the sacrifice, so then you turn around and give them the shekels right back. Do you see the problem? I mean, they are, it's a, it, literally, if there ever was a, a, a thing called a rocket, this is it. I mean, that's what they're doing. I mean, they have got the system set up. But let's just suppose you've thought of everything. You're, you've, you've thought of everything. You have brought shekels with you, and you brought your lamb with you, and you show up at the sheep market. And you're presenting your lamb. Ah, ah, this is, this is, I don't know if this lamb is perfect. We're inspecting it. This lamb, it's got a little problem. We're inspecting it, and we see a problem with this lamb. I don't think this one's going to pass inspection, but you're in luck. We've got a selection of approved, already approved, ready-to-go lambs 
All you need to do is go over there and buy one, but you have to pay in shekels. You see the problem? I mean, it, it is, it's a no-win situation. It's not just that they were selling sacrifices, and they were. And that is enough, in and of itself is enough to be despicable because they're saying you can, you can buy it. They were, they were manipulating the system to take advantage of people and then at the same time profiting themselves while trying to appear uh, pious and religious. Uh, it was a terrible situation. The system, if there ever was a system that was rigged, this was the system that was rigged. This was the system. That is what upset Jesus. That's what upset Jesus. That's why Jesus goes and says, this can't happen. You money changers. What is, it, what is, what is money changer? Money exchange. Hey, you buy your shekels. Get your shekels. You know, because we can only take shekels. We can't take wrong. We'll take them for the shekels. But we can't take it for your temple tax. That would be wrong. So Jesus was extremely upset, exploiting the poor and those who didn't live in Jerusalem coming from outside. But they were making a mockery, a mockery of Jesus' sacrifice because the salvation that comes through Christ cannot be purchased. The salvation that comes through Christ is available to everyone, whether you are poor or rich.